116 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Mark Hoffmeyer from Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, and Movies, Films, and Flicks. Welcome, Mark. Oh, thank you for having me. And I got to say, this minute, this minute that we're starting off on, I wish that I could have been the extra who was the German guard just walking back and forth and not seeing anything. That's the extra role I want right there. That'd be great. Because if I could go back in time and be an extra, I would do the, that. You're the extra that you want to, that they eventually put in jail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I want to be. I just, I just like that. It's just such an easy role. You just walk back and forth and don't look at anything. I was a, I was a cop. I've been a cop, a goon. I was a, like a stormtrooper in the Hunger Games. So this would be good, like German guard number six in The Great Escape. That would be perfect for me. All right, well, when, to beef when, up my, my guard roles. That's great. So when, when you get your time machine done, you can uh, go back in time and, and take a look at that and, and tell oh, them that done. you want that but, position. Yeah, it's done. But right now I'm fill, I'm being an extra in all the other movies that I wanted to be in. So okay. I'm just fill, I'm, you know working on all those, like Roadhouse, Die Hard. Like I'm going back in time deep, and getting in those, those films. Oh, Deep Blue Sea. I'm one of the people on the boat <laughs> dancing. Yeah, and, and if you look in the background, you can see me going like this dancing around and you can't even see me because it's not even on video but i'm doing one of the best dance you. moves you've see ever see seen you. in your life that was the best dance move you've ever seen in your life correct um it's pretty close it's pretty close yeah just see? remember I mean, just remember if you do the ten commandments to take off your watch you're right in the middle and then i'm the one who brought the cup of coffee onto game of thrones yeah all right yeah just letting everybody know that very nice very nice <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, minute 116 starts with uh, Henley finishing his sentence where he says, feet of rope, and goes all the way till Roger perfects his slipknot. So, as we discussed last week, you know, they, they realize that they're 30 feet short, which in the script they were 20 feet short, but, you know, what's 10, what's 10 feet between, you know, between original script and the final uh, shooting script? Hiltz tells Roger to call down and ask for 30 feet of rope. Roger calls down for 30 feet of rope. Sorry, there were what? 20 feet. Once again, there were 20 feet. 20 it feet. Was, 20 he feet. asked for 30 feet of rope, but he was 20 feet mm -hmm. from the from from the woods. And because you need to go up and out, right, up and out. Because in the right? script, in the well, script yeah. they were 10 feet from the woods. That's the difference. There was there uh -huh. was the 10 feet discrepancy. That's not enough. You need you need more than 10 feet. Well, you why, did, like, that's why they switched it to yeah. 20. <laughs> exactly. That like psychologically, that makes a big difference because. You're like ten feet, you're like, eh, it's close enough. But twenty feet, whew, that's that's double. That's math right there. That's very And true. so it just I don't know. I oh yeah, yeah. No, I'll let you keep going. But, yeah, but it does. It's, I'm it's glad Cavendish, they made that switch. It's Cavendish who, you know, doesn't know how to do his measurements right. So that that's what caused <laughs> all of these problems. I mean Jay Jay mentioned all the way at the beginning of this podcast that, that Cavendish is the one who causes all the problems every single time here. So you know, he he's right. We've reached this point where we see that it is Cavendish who screwed up and got his measurements off. Whether it's off by 10 feet or 20 feet, it doesn't matter because of the inaccuracy of it all. So Roger calls down to, to down the tunnel, and then Henley screams down. Also, we need another 30 feet of rope. So he finishes off that sentence. Then it goes down to the to the next uh, oh, way whoa. station along the way where we get Haynes, uh, German uniform, mm -hmm. screaming down also that they need 30 feet of rope. Now, what, what's, what's really funny is, is they, they cut out a scene from the original script with, uh, with Haynes in his uniform. I mean, we saw him a few weeks ago when he showed up 
when they were all testing, when, when Mac was testing the, the various uh, soldiers, you know, asking them all these different questions and stuff like that. So you saw that, that, that he is walking around in a German uniform. Apparently, the rest of, of, of all of the characters didn't know that he's coming in a German uniform. So there's, there's a point in the, in the script. Oh, that's great. In the script. Sorry. They, that's okay. They, they, in the script, script right before this happens, so you have uh, the stooge, you know, the guy who keeps looking out the, the peephole. He, he sees, and he sees a German guard. And the German guard screams, Was ist los hier in Hein? Which uh, translates as, what's going on in here? And it basically says that the stooge almost faints. Soren gasps and is petrified. There are others that are paralyzed with fear. And then the German guard, which is, again, Haynes, says, Have you never seen a Sherman before? Nein? <laughs> and then Soren screams at him furiously, For the love of God, Haynes, why the devil didn't you tell us you were going as a goon? So Haynes says, Sorry, old boy. Thought I'd give you a surprise. So then Soren screams at him. He says, Get in a bunk. No, wait. I'd better warn them. Someone will have a heart attack. I can understand why they took this discussion out. It is pretty funny when you're just listening up, listening to it. it. It would have changed the tone of part of the movie if they, they actually had put it in here. But it is pretty funny to to, to, to hear, you know, that, you know, everyone thinks that they, they might have actually gotten caught just by one of the, the the guys dressed up as a German soldier. My assumption is he's not the only one who's going as a German soldier, but he's definitely the most blatant one that we can see. Got it. And that's interesting that you say that, you're, that you're glad that that scene from the script is cut out, because when you think about this movie, there are a lot of comedic beats. And I was reading the essay that came with the Criterion Blu-ray, which I'm sure you, like, you've talked about, but I love that the Great Escape Criterion Blu-ray okay, has Steve uh, McQueen sticking his head out of the ground. and can't see, Mark just picked up. Oh, no, I was, the, I was about to... No, I heard yeah, it, but I'm just yeah. saying that you just picked it up and you showed it to the camera, but no one can see that. Yeah, to you. To me, to you. I can see I didn't know if you owned it. Yeah, I... Uh, yeah. What, what do you think? Go ahead. Oh, no, I love <laughs> it. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is the scene, so it's sort of fate that I landed 116 through the 120. I mean, this is where the... Yeah, I just got this Blu-ray... I love it, and it's randomly Steve McQueen popping his head out of the ground, which is what we're covering in this one. Yeah, exactly. So it just makes me happy that we're kind of going over this, we're talking about that. And I guess another thing, though, is I was reading this essay, and what I love of it is they're like, um, the film is about a serious subject told without self-seriousness. Because of this, it doesn't date at all. And that's what I like is it's found a way to be – I mean, this is a three-hour movie that is wildly watchable because yeah. it – balances okay you know what's neat about this movie you know all the characters this is an ensemble piece filmed to perfection i mean this is sometimes you watch ensemble movies and you have no clue who the characters names are you don't know you know what they're up to but i think sturgis with magnificent seven and, and a few of his other movies just knew how to balance ensembles and i guess what i'm getting at is this movie it just found a way to be cheeky it found a way to be fun but there's never that outright gag in it there's a couple good gags but if he walked in that that outfit and then he scares people they faint and then they have a good laugh and then they like pull some some gags it might have felt a little bit out of place a little bit just simply because that that's not the movie to me so i think it's it's a cheeky scene i get why they wrote it but i also understand why it got cut out and it's kind of cool to know about i mean thinking about it's funny yes yeah right now the way i'm seeing the film like I don't see it. This sounds crazy, but do you see anything else being added into this movie? It's, there's, I think it's perfect. As I've, it. I've discussed a few scenes that were cut that, that there, there are some that would have helped a little bit, 
but but they weren't needed. You know, they they would have helped to get a better understanding of what really was going on in the real camp and stuff like that. I mean, a few, I guess it was, it's it's probably been a few months by now. Um, I discussed the fact that there there was one scene where Von, where Von Luger was 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 talking to one of the the prisoners who's keeping track of which guards are coming in and out of the of the of the the compound. And Von Luger mm-hmm. says to him, uh, can you make me a copy of that every day so I know what's going on with all my soldiers? Which says so much about Von Luger's character. They mm-hmm. cut it out, but in, in the real escape, that, that was something that was very important. They mentioned the fact that they were always keeping track of all of the guards, when they were coming in, when they were coming out, their routines and stuff like that. And, and that little scene would have added so much to, 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 to the movie because then we would we would also know that 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 is actually going on also we'd see it going on not just oh, okay. assume that it's going on because in order to do everything that they're doing here they obviously need to keep track of all the guards so Absolutely. To, to give us to give us even just a 30 second shot of showing us how they're keeping track of the guards would have been helpful again it's not urgent you don't need to have it in the movie but but it it would make things even more complete I, again i agree with you this is a movie that 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 is almost complete mm-hmm. 172 minutes and you can watch it as many times as you want and you won't feel that that three hours go by partially That's because it. as you mentioned the ensemble cast i mean you you this is this is i've mentioned this so many times over the last few months but th- this is a heist movie and each one of the characters has their particular profession of what they're in charge of during this heist but they 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 allow the story to develop each and every one of them so that, as you said, we know their names, we know their job, we know what they're doing. And when we see them, even when they're out of uh, character, for instance, you know, you see Haynes in a German uniform, I know it's Haynes. Yeah, exactly. Not, not necessarily everybody would know that because uh, probably not, yeah. not everyone listening to this has seen the movie as many times as I have. But, you know, the, the goal mm-hmm. is for them to, to, to try to understand things a little better by listening to this. But yeah, you're 100% right. One thing that kind of flummoxed me a little bit, now I know the the Academy, like the, the films in 1963 were quite strong. The The thing is, I was looking at the Academy Awards. This this movie was only nominated for one Oscar. That's right. And I'm, that is, I'm so now upset the, about that after so many yeah, years. I, I think the ensemble piece maybe prevented acting nominations. But I do think this scene, and I was watching this, and, and Sturgis was an editor before he became a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And I was watching this scene, these these minutes that we're talking about, and I really noticed the strength of his edit of his film and the editing. And I looked it up, and Ferris Webster was the editor, and, and he was nominated that is the only for nomination. an Academy Award. Yes, and but that's that's if you think about this scene, there is tension involved. But they made some very wise, very kind of shrewd decisions throughout this, which we'll get to in the minutes, that make it so much more exciting. All the while, there's nothing that's really like everything can go wrong, will go wrong. Or there's nothing that's too contrived happening because a lot of it is true. Uh, no, they did, of course, fictionalize. Wait, wait, wait. They did, they did fictionalize. Yeah, they did fictionalize a lot of things. But I think the things they fictionalized made this a, a, an excellent scene. But if we talk about the editing, what I love is these are just sets. And I love that they built this entire prison set, the camp, outside of their studio. So all they had to do was walk by there. Uh, have you, you've talked about the trees getting cut down already, yeah. I assume. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, they cut down the trees. They planted two. I just... 
what I like about this scene is you have a hole in the ground. Then you have people in various, uh, I guess, underground bunkers. Then you have tunnels. And the the tension that they're able to get out of that in these five minutes with the air raid, which which I guess actually did happen, and a few other like tiny aspects of it, I think make it very thrilling, this scene. And the editing, I mean, you just have people riding little carts in the holes, and then they obviously pull them right back. And then you have people going through... I mean, you have excellent performances from Brosnan in this scene as a guy who's just dug one too many tunnels. I mean, he's just had it. And I, I was re- I was refreshed, actually, because I've been listening to the commentaries for this. And then, and the DVD exclusive awards, I noticed that it was nominated for Best Audio Commentary. So that made me very happy because it is a good audio commentary for this film. I, I just really... It's a very... Just so you know, the guy who did the best audio commentary is going to be on in a few weeks. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And I I love that they're doing that. And I also love that it's just... Man, it's just... not A shot doesn't linger too long. And I don't care if I'm heaping hyperbole on this film. I think it's it's a classic that's been revered for over 50 years. More than 50 years. 58 years. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, 58 years. Uh, Justly. It's... It's... That pacey, it's a three, it's a pacey three-hour movie, and I think these five minutes, they play really well because that's what these two hours are building towards, and they somehow are able to find tension without bombs being dropped, without a German guard being knocked unconscious, uh, without an action scene outside of the place, without well, think about bombs. It. We've, we've just got through 115 minutes. We're at the 116th minute, and one character has died. In a, exactly, in, a, yeah. in a World War II movie, you know. Yeah. Oh, I felt so bad. Oh. Yeah. Don't climb that fence. Every time it might be different. <laughs> but there's just, I, I love the how this scene gets going with the rope. I mean, it just shows ingenuity for all the characters. It adds a little bit of tension because you know they have to run through. It's just, it's just neat. And uh, no, it's I'm I'm stoked to be able to talk about this. Yeah. And I, I think it showcases. All, all the actors doing their best. I mean, we were. I was listening to the commentary, and, and they're like, "Of course, Brosnan had to go. F- uh, not Brosnan. Um, yeah, Brosnan. No, not no, Brosnan. Not, Steve McQueen. Not they're like, Brosnan. Yeah. They're like uh, Charles Bronson. Jeez Louise. Uh, I met Steve McQueen. He, they're like, of course, he had to go through the tunnel first, which I thought was funny. But I like the rope work. I like the idea of it because then you can have somebody sitting at a ladder, and that's boring. But if you're sitting at a ladder waiting for a rope to be pulled up. Then it's exciting. Exactly. So they they found really neat ways to make this interesting. Yeah, and I think, and I, and I think I really a lot of it. Like that. I think a lot of, a lot of it has to do with the with the Elmer Bernstein score. The the music. Oh, yeah. The music is amazing here because the the way that the music you know keeps changing its tone from being somber to being uh, you know upbeat to being it just changes throughout the entire thing. I, I've I've heard a rumor, and I don't know enough about music to to be able to to confirm this. But that that every single one of the characters has their own sub theme. Well, I'm sure I'm sure they do. No, but I need to is, listen to it again. You have so many characters, you know that that's quite a task to be able to do that. I mean, you know, even, great. even John Williams when he's doing Star Wars music doesn't have one for every one of the the characters. You know, he does have for Luke, Leia, and Han. You know, and Darth Vader, whatever. But you know, you're not going to have you know, Lobot doesn't necessarily have his own musical theme. Yeah. Wait, there's no Steel Bibble musical theme? There's what? Yeah. 
I said there's no Seal Bibble musical theme. Exactly. Phantom of the Menace classic exactly. character. No, no. I, I, when you watch this movie, though, in a few months, I will have traveled back in time, and I will have talked to Elmer to give my German guard a theme. So you will see the change in the Blu-ray right. when you watch it in All a right. few months. I'm, I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm looking forward to that. So we'll just we'll move along a little bit more in this minute. The, they keep screaming down 30 feet of rope, and it gets to Sedgwick, who's, you know, Sedgwick and Soren are both standing at, at, at the edge of, of the, the trap itself. And they go, what do they need that for? And they go, how should I know? Get the rope. You know, this little banter <laughs> along the way makes things so much fun to to listen to. And then we get your the favorite thing that you're looking for. You get uh, you know Steve McQueen's head popping out of the, the Groundhog Day, popping out of the popping out of the grass, looking up, looking around here. He sees Mark Mark Hoffmeyer, the guard, walking. <laughs> walking. Yeah, he looks at me. He's like, that's a that's a good looking guard. Right yeah. there. Like that's what almost they almost got caught. You'll see it in the movie in a couple months. Exactly. When I go back in time to do it. Exactly. This movie's gonna be different. Now, now here, I'm, gonna ask, you, I'm gonna ask you a question. All right, let's let's see how, yeah. how good your, your movie trivia is. What other famous escape movie has a strange conversation about rope? Escape uh let's see. Well there well, not Boondock Saints. That's a great rope gag, but it's not an escape. In Tango and Cash, they slide down a. So they slide down. In Tango and Cash, yeah, they go down they, a pipe. and then they, they, no, the electrical cable with their belts. Okay, fine, but I'm and talking then, about a rope, not an electrical cable. Oh, I know. I'm just getting there. I'm, no, okay. I'm knocking movies out in my head cannon. In Fled and the Defiant ones, they're chained together, so I don't see rope in that. In Shawshank Redemption, he tied a bag. To his foot. So is it Shawshank Redemption? Yes, it is. Very See, good. I had to like work my way right. through it. I had Great, to Mark. No, that's good. Out of my head. That's good. So yeah, yeah, basically, there's the little conversation where you know uh, where everyone thinks that that Andy actually killed himself in Shawshank. Mm-hmm. So then they have a kind of conversation where someone says he asked you for a length of rope, and he says, "Yeah, of course. Why not?" He says he asked for six feet of rope. I went and got it for him and gave it to him. He says, "Why would you do that?" He says, "Well, why wouldn't I?" You know, that was basically the whole conversation. Yeah. You know, at that point, they want us to think that he's actually committed suicide, and that's why he needed six feet of rope. You know, six feet of rope wouldn't have helped him here. The, they, no. They, you know, they needed at least uh, the 30 feet in order to be able to, which, which is also pretty amazing that they actually had the 30 feet of rope to give them. You know? Yeah, that's a lot of rope right there to find. The, the scavenger, I mean, Not James Garner. They have to have it sitting and waiting. Like, why would they, why would even they, why would they think that they would need to have 30 feet of rope at some point? That's a great point. Yeah. Now, now to be fair, I worked. I, I worked on many film sets. For, I worked on film sets for years, and in my truck, I always had. I always carried a backpack with me, and then in my truck, I always had extra extra shoes, extra socks, flashlights, headlamps, batteries, two rainproof jackets. I would also have ratchet straps. What else did I have? I had everything in there. Uh, okay, I had extra pens. You're not in a German prison camp in the middle of Poland. <laughs> but a lot of these people have escaped before, right? A lot of them have dug tunnels. Yes. So maybe they have dug short before, and they've ah, seen all the eventualities so they know that come with is it. just unreliable. Yeah, from the beginning, like I don't trust Cavendish. Like we need, we need. Yeah, let's make he, sure we got thirty feet of rope just in case. What is he? What does he say in the beginning? Doesn't somebody say 30 feet and then someone goes, uh, more like 40 feet? Or, like, what do they, I think what it was, is his I initial think it was, guess? They said 335 and 350. 
I think at that no, point someone actually mentions the difference. Yeah. <laughs> right. So then we continue. We get McQueen jumping out of the pretty. Agi- he's pretty agile. The way that he's able to oh, jump man, out of yeah. that that hole, and he does a like a, a, a super flip. You know, showing off his gymnastics. Uh, you know, he's able. Then he, he you know he's, he starts off on his back and flips onto his stomach, and then he looks back and he's looking at Mark. You know, walking at the gate. So it's just. I love nice. I love that backflip of his. That's yes. a. That's great. It's it's that's classic McQueen. Just getting something on screen that doesn't have to happen, but it it's like oh, there's McQueen doing a backflip, or exactly. not a backflip, like a rolly a roll. He didn't do it. Imagine if he did a backflip. Okay. <laughs> Imagine this. He rolls out, and then he does a cartwheel, followed by another cartwheel into a backflip into the woods. Exactly. There you go. How many feet would that cover? So a cartwheel. <laughs> well, he's got he's got twenty feet. He's got twenty feet. So six go. feet, maybe. If he does a good cartwheel, six feet. Another cartwheel, six feet. So he's at twelve. And then he rears back, does a backflip. He could get maybe four feet out of that, so he's sixteen. And then he could just run backwards real quick, and he's out of there. And then and then we have goon guard Mark uh, holding up a nine point six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say anything. Goon guard Mark. Would just go. I should probably say something, but he just did two cartwheels and a backflip. Uh, I'm gonna let him have it, right? <laughs> exactly. In German, though. In, yeah, in of German, course, with, of course, of course. Start yeah. working on your German. I bet you McQueen would go back into the hole to try to get a ten out of me, because he would <laughs> not. not McQueen would not be happy with a nine point six. That that is true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so then the, the scene switches to we get to see Ramsey who's uh, who's really nervous because you know he he's injured so he can't go anyway so he's he's wondering what's going on so he has this guy show up that he goes oh how's it going Tommy have you heard anything and Tommy goes well there's there's some kind of foul up I think you know th- today if they were oh, yeah. if they were if they were filming this today he wouldn't say there was some kind of foul up you know they say <laughs> say yeah Kevin yeah, just screwed up again. <laughs> Foobar. Exactly. And then he goes, uh, well, have they made it into the tunnel yet? And they, ah, I don't think so, sir. Now, in the original script, it wasn't just this random extra. It wasn't this guy, Tommy, who we've never heard of and don't know who he is. It, they actually, in the script, it was Goff, you know, the third American who actually uh, oh. says that. Which which I'm, I'm glad they changed it because Goff is an American, so why would he be going and reporting to Ramsey about what's going on? You know, it would be a little strange. Yeah. So no, you're right. I guess they decided to to keep that out uh, there. And then as soon as as Tommy says this to him, so Ramsey then looks at his watch. You know, he's like, "What time is it? How much time do they still have?" You know, he's he's doing the math in his head to try to to figure it out. And then uh, we got then we 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 come back to to McQueen once again. You know, lying on his belly, looking into the into the hole. Doing and, push-ups. Uh, yeah, he's doing push-ups while he's waiting it. Wait, and handstand. That, no, that would be a little more conspicuous. Push-ups would, would, would make sense, especially the way that he's he's lying down like that. And then you have Bartlett <laughs> pop his out, out of there. Give him the He gives him the uh, the rope. Now, it, it's really interesting. I mean, we'll see this throughout the course of, of this whole week as we're discussing each of these episodes. But everyone has a pretty firm stance on the ladder, you know, when they only have their heads sticking out. You know, it, it, it yeah. Obviously, I, I assume that they they didn't film this with uh, that. There's a thirty foot drop between uh, be, below each of them. Hey, wait a second. That's even crazier now. 
now that I think about it. If if the tunnel itself is 30 feet down. Whoa. So they would need Yeah, it 50, is 30 feet down. They would need 50 feet of rope. <laughs> At least. Not 30. Whoa. Hmm. I didn't even think about that. Because remember, the beginning, right yeah, we're, we're going to dig it 30 feet deep. And everyone's like, oh my gosh. And then it's 20 feet away. And he... They tie it around the tree, too. They tie, he ties it so around you the tree, and you tie it around the ladder. 52 feet. Yeah, 52 feet, right? <laughs> um, at least. Wow. Okay, well, we've we've found something that, you know, oh. that, that, that someone missed when they're trying to do the continuity of this movie. That's a bombshell. Yeah, it really is. Wow. Okay. I didn't even think about that till right now. And then McQueen grabs the rope, runs runs into the to woods. He he doesn't seem to do it very stealth, you know, in, in a stealth stealthy way. It's a good thing that Goongard Mark is there, because otherwise he might have gotten caught. <laughs> yeah, Goongard Mark is not paying. <laughs> Goongard Mark is thinking about the letter that he's going to write to uh, his frail line. If no, that's, uh... he's thinking. He's thinking about all right. <laughs> what did I have? What am I going to have for for a snack in a few hours? You know, when I get off when I get off guard duty. What would be the snacks? So it's World War II, Germany, you're a soldier. And it's it's pretty late in the war, correct, at this time? It's late it's... in the war. This is this is June forty four. They never specifically say wow. in the movie what year it is. The 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 actual um escape took place in March forty four. Sorry, not June 44. This is August 44 already. It's it's August. The question is, is are we dealing with 44 or 43? I, my assumption is, is it's 1944. Yeah. That's supposed to be taking place. So, again, there's less than a year left to the war. Things are still moving. You know, it's not – it, it yeah. hasn't turned completely – I mean, D-Day has already passed if if that is – if it is 1944. So things things are starting to turn, but I guess all the way in the middle of Sagan, Poland, you're not really uh, noticing that yet. So is he no chocolate? He's not going to eat any chocolate, guard Mark. Mm, probably not. What do you – not coffee. Coffee. He's going to have some coffee. Well, he, maybe he's having coffee while he's, you know, on his guard duty to make sure to keep him awake so that he can try and, and notice that the hilts is – someone's running around in the middle of the forest. Well, actually, interesting thing you said about that. Von Luger realized that when he has coffee, he has to go to the bathroom a lot, and then he leaves his post. So, Guard Mark is not allowed coffee any anymore. Mm, okay. Wow! Right. So he has to drink coffee after. There you go. All right, that makes sense. So coffee and a nice biscuit with a little bit of jam. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I wonder what. It sounds like a great snack. I'm hungry now. <laughs> Wait till you get off of guard duty. <laughs> so, so then Bartlett like looks around and he looks towards Goongard Mark and he's got this really funny expression on his face. You know, like he I guess he says to him, yeah. Oh, I'm glad it's Goongard Mark <laughs> And then oh. he looks back at Hiltz. Exactly. Looks back at Hiltz. Hiltz is tying the, the rope around the tree. I, I, I'm curious to know whether he does a very good job of tying it because, you know, he ties it really quickly. You know, it doesn't look like he's doing much of a yeah. knot. It's just tied around there. And then Bartlett plops down once again into the into the in, into the tunnel, which again, if it's thirty feet down, he gets down pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, he ties the rope there. He does his slip knot to to make sure that, that that stays there, and that pretty much ends this minute. Now, since we've already discussed uh, rope in this, so I have a a, a question <laughs> for you, Mark, about rope. Yeah. Name. All right. I have six movies that that that, that feature rope in them. 
uh, or some type of rope in them, and, and I want you to rank them. All right. Okay, I love right. it. Let's hear it. Okay, so we got Alfred Hitchcock's Rope from 1948, oh. which is, for those who don't know, it's a, a movie about uh, these, a these, party. these two, well, it's a party, but it, it, it starts off because the, these, these two high-class uh, society uh, university students decide to kill a friend of theirs by strangling him with a rope. Okay, so that's the first one. You have Rope. Then you have Shawshank, which we, we've already discussed. Clue, which Rope is one of the, the, the weapons used to kill somebody. Who's killed with a rope in Clue? Do you remember? No. Yvette. I don't. It's Yvette. The, I don't remember the maid, that. The maid. Really? If, I'm, if, memory, if, my memory, if my memory serves correctly. No, you're right. I watched it last year, too, and I forgot. Okay. Vertical Limit. Oh. From 2000, right, the, the very first scene, you know, where they're dangling by the rope and you know, the father screams at his son to cut the rope. Yes. Yes. I've covered that on the MFF podcast. Um, sure. Mission Impossible, where he, you know, falls down. Ooh. In, falls down by hanging by, it's not really a rope. It's more of a, you know, it's a very thin type of rope. It's more of a wire. but uh, Rope that, adjacent. Exactly. And the final one is Cliffhanger. Which obviously we have the, the the first scene with has has a rope. So actually, you know what? Go ahead, give me give me your ranking of them. Okay, Mission Impossible. Wait, uh, from you're doing top uh, from best to worst. Top top to bottom. Top to bottom. Top to bottom meaning one one to six or six to one. Uh, best to worst. Okay, Mission Impossible is your number one. Because that's an all timer scene. Okay. Then I'm gonna say Vertical Limit. Okay. Because there's a lot of rope there. That's a that's a very ropey movie. Because yes. they're climbing the entire time. Yes, completely. Then I'll go to Cliffhanger. Okay, that's also a very ropey movie, even though Sylvester Stallone does a lot of freebasing climbing. Yeah. yeah. My boy my boy Rennie Harlan directed that. I know, I know. And then we have... Okay. Let's see. Then I will do... Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Rope. The rope's cool, but it's you're mainly thinking about the body. Exactly. Okay. Like when, even though the name of the movie's Rope. Yeah. I, so, I The name of the movie could be Body in a Box. And it, it could it would, be, but, in but a, the very first scene, they show, them, they show them strangling with the rope. So you get to... Yeah. Actually, most of these movies, it's the first scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, half of them. Half right. of them is the, is the first scene. No, it's only, right, it's only rope, last... rope, Cliffhanger, and uh, Vertical Limit. And then so your, your, your final one is uh, Clue. Okay. Clue. Okay. All right. Very good. Do you have anything else you want to say about this minute? No, I'm just happy we did it. And, you know, Guard Mark, I look forward to seeing more for Guard Mark. And I also love the cart, do cartwheels followed by the backflip. I'm, I'm glad that we came up with that. All right. So are you willing to come back tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Do you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, I don't know, just Mark Hoffmeyer on Twitter. Then look up Movies, Films, and Flicks, Movies, Films, and FLIX. Then look at, what's the Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. Also, Rotten Tomatoes. I write for Rotten Tomatoes. Type in Mark Hoffmeyer Rotten Tomatoes. I also write for the Film Theorist. So type in Mark Hoffmeyer Film Theorist on YouTube. Uh, I have some pretty funky videos on there. You're going to like them. And that's about it. That's where you All can right. find me. Okay, great. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher that you might be using to listen to the show. You can send us an email at thegreatminute at gmail.com. Our website is thegreatescapeminute.com. Our Facebook group is The Cooler. And you can contact us on Twitter at Great Escape MXM. So until tomorrow, tally ho. Tally ho.